Welcome to Our View Podcast, where we talk about life, travel, and real estate. Join George and Lisa Hernandez each week as they share insights and parenting tips about their life as a blended family with four teens, their crazy travel and adventures, and get Lisa's pro input about real estate as she juggles it all while still managing her top producing real estate brokerage, View Properties. Hi, friends. Welcome back to Our View Podcast. I am Lisa Richard Hernandez. And I'm George Hernandez. And last time we left you, we had just been uh, to Yellowstone National Park, and we're on our 45-day cross-country RV trip. We uh, still had Ryan, uh, I'm sorry, Tyler and Bailey with us, his girlfriend, our two 16-year-olds, and we were dropping them off at the airport in Seattle. So we decided to do some touring of the Washington area uh, while we were there. And so on our way to Washington State, we ended up staying at another hot springs. Um, it, turned, it was in Oregon. We, we drove right past Idaho, poor Idaho. We didn't get to stay a night in Idaho. No sticker for Idaho. Yeah. So what we do, if you haven't seen our Facebook or um, any of our YouTube videos where we have a sticker ceremony. So uh, on the side of our RV, we have a map with all of the states. And every time we either spend the night in a state or George now says spend a significant amount of time in a state, then we're allowed to put a sticker there. But we can't put a sticker on our RV travel map if we haven't spent the night there. So we have this whole map. We did the northern states, and we did not go to Idaho or North Dakota. Poor Idaho. I know. Poor Idaho. So we'll have to, if anybody has any great ideas of a reason for us to drive from South Carolina to Idaho and stay the night in our RV, please share them with us at rvpodcast.com. We would love uh, some tips about what's so great about Idaho uh, for our next adventure. But... On the way there, like we said, we stopped at a, um, it was in hot, what was the name of it? Grand, Grand Hot Springs. Grand Hot Springs in Oregon. It was in La Grande, Oregon. And it was a cute little, just a little RV park right up next side of the mountain. Yeah, it was r really cool. I thought it was very nice. Big, huge pull-through sites. Um, not very many people there at all. They did have the Hot Springs hot tub. Um, and again, pools. they weren't open till nine o'clock at night yeah we'll have to look up and see yeah, we some got, sort we of religion that doesn't i don't know if it's a religion or they just got to get in the fresh water in bozeman they said it was some sort of religious type of thing they don't oh, work okay. during the day or something on the weekends i'm not 100 sure if you do know that too please uh email us because i've been trying to google search it and i can't but i did check out, out the hot springs and it was it was nice it's basically two pools full of hot yeah. spring water yeah um and one of them was really hot. I mean, like, hot tub, 105 hot. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. And that water is just supposed to be, like, really, really good um, for you, for your body, with all of the minerals and natural um, things in the water. So that was a nice little relaxing stopover uh, before we headed in the next day to um, Lake Pleasant RV Resort in um, Bothell, Washington, which is about 30 minutes outside of Seattle, the city of Seattle. Um, it's also about 30 minutes from Edmonds, where we uh, took our whale watching tour from. So it was a great little uh, location for some day trips. Um, I'll Pro be What's that? Go ahead. Well, I'll be honest. The kids were kind of excited to get back into... Uh, the, the city mice were happy to get back yeah, to the city. Yeah, they were happy to have their creature comforts. So the really cool thing about the resort is it was kind of like a big loop, and they had these gigantic, super tall, I mean, they must have been 30 feet tall, right? Green pine trees yeah, that surrounded. Yeah, really, the really thin ones, though. Yeah, but they were super tall and thin and thick. It was like a thick wall of green all the way around the outside of the resort. So although you were kind of like right in the middle of, a, a suburb you didn't feel like you felt like you were in a very like rural yeah. area there's a lake right in the middle of it um we had a back end site uh but there's you know plenty of room it was it was a nice resort the the resort was very very nice as the driver i always look at these things as, from my driving point of view it was a little little bit tight um but 
manageable. Um, the the spots were a little tight also, but hey, you're 32 minutes from Seattle. Like Lisa said, we were in the middle of suburbia, and it felt like we were camping. It was really, really well done. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I think there might have even been some people that actually like lived there, but it wasn't like trailery. Yeah, I think so too. Um, but uh, you know, right outside of the resort was a grocery store, gas station. Um, Chick-fil-A because the kids <laughs> walked Chick-fil-A. to Chick-fil-A. They couldn't they wait. No, I don't think they walked there, but it was a few blocks down the road. Um, but they were very happy to get uh, some some fast food. <laughs> the funny thing that 16-year-olds look forward to. Um, but so we highly recommend that location and the people were great there. Of course, you know, everything COVID. So um, we didn't really use any of the amenities or anything like that. It was just but, uh, I a think, great home base. Yeah, I think every almost every place we've been to so far, the amenities have been closed including yeah. where we are right yes. now. So just keep that in mind, folks. Right. Right. Um, and even as, as in check-in, every check-in that we've pretty much done has been through a window. Yeah, it's true. It's all like, yeah, the people go like, here's your paper yeah. or we'll leave it out for you. or We'll leave a light on for you. Yeah. Bye-bye. Yeah. That's it. Um, a mass required everywhere. So very safe feeling. Um, we, the first night there, we went, we just, I don't know, what time did we get there? Around It was a, like around 3 o'clock-ish probably by the time. Yeah, it was late afternoon, and we were getting hungry, and we decided to go grab a bite to eat. Um, was that the night that we went to, oh boy, I'm going to kill It was it. like a little schoolhouse. Um, it was McMenamin's, wow, McMenamin's Anderson School was the name of the restaurant. Yeah. It was weird. It was, it was kind of like a pub. And it had this really cool outdoor seating. And I have the feeling that, like, if it wasn't COVID, it would be just, like, a super cool place to go, like, have appetizers and or cocktails and sit outside. They had everything from fish tacos and burgers to, uh, I guess you got the fish and chips. and Yeah. Everywhere is the fish and chips. The food was very good. Yeah, it was good. It was like a pub, um, like an upscale pub, I would say. Yes. And we obviously realized that there's... a ton of breweries here oh yeah so they had every kind of you know if you're a beer lover this is the place to be i mean they the, every beer where coffee you, and salmon you're yeah. going to be happy in washington <laughs> yeah. state very happy if those washington. are your three things this is where you need to move yes exactly exactly so um we had a nice dinner and um we had just been on the go like literally every day waking the kids up at six in the morning and keeping them out till nine o'clock just going all day to see Yellowstone and to see Custer State Park and to, you know, see all of the things that we wanted them to see. You know, they, they, I just realized they never complained once about getting up early and doing these things. They loved it. They had a great time. Yeah. Yeah. We just threw them in the back of the Jeep and we started driving and it was, it was really fun, especially when we could put the top down on the Jeep. That was great. Um, But it got a little bit more chilly as we headed out to Washington State. And um, so... I decided that it was going to be, I think that was, we came in on a Thursday. We had a nice dinner Thursday night at that pub that we talked about and just kind of went to bed. And on Friday, we took our time in the morning to wait for the city traffic to die down. And then we headed down into the city of Seattle. Yes. And the drive from the RV resort, Lake Pleasant RV Park, um, was awesome. 32 minutes and we were downtown parking in a parking lot. Um, real easy. Really, we didn't take a highway, if you remember that. Yeah, we did. Going in, we didn't. Going out, we did. It was uh, weird. It was like a little, it was, it, it kind of took us through the suburbs to get into the city, but yeah, yeah we, it was we, we weird. got on the express. But it was awesome. Short. Nice, easy drive, easy parking. Um, of course, again, yes. COVID. So I, was just I don't really that. know what it would be like if it wasn't COVID and riots. We haven't had a, a a true feeling of what it would be like Yellowstone, Custer, uh, so all these places because it, it was all affected by COVID. And they're all new experiences for us, so we don't really have a barometer to sort of gauge. Gauge, yeah. you know what what was it like beforehand? Um, so or I, what will it be when COVID's over? Right, who knows? Um, what we did notice driving into Seattle into the city, there were still. Um, there were still stores boarded up, Brooks Brothers and 
a lot of stores were open but still boarded. Um, there was a noticeable amount of graffiti and a noticeable amount of homeless people. And I say that it's expected, I think, when you go into um, into sort of a big city, some of that. Right. But it was in the, like, main tourist area that, I don't know, even New York City does a, well, used to anyways, do a good job of keeping their tourist areas kind of cleaned up. Um, yeah, but I, I think Seattle, like we were talking about earlier, um, I think Seattle is more, it's a small, big city, if that makes any sense. So I think it, everything is centered in one area where New York is so spread out. Well, New York is gigantic compared to Seattle, but, but Seattle's but even, still a big city. It, it's, But I, I had, what I loved about it was that I felt like I was in a big city, but it felt small. Like I said to you before, it was a very because walkable... Because there was like no yellow cabs and stuff running around. Right. And, there wasn't... and that might be because of COVID too. You know what I mean? Like did, there wasn't there it, wasn't a lot of people. I know, but it didn't look like a yellow cab kind of city. The streets were smaller. Um, they had the, the train, the, the buses, the cable car buses going. That was pretty cool. But it, I just didn't get that feeling like it... I got the feeling that Seattle was still trying to be a small town city, mm. if that makes any sense. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I totally agree with that, but I, I get what you're saying. I feel like it was like a Sunday in a big city when you go into the big city on a Sunday. And this was a Friday when we were there, what should have been a busy day. Um, like sometimes just all of the industry is closed, so there's no people there. That's kind of how it was. There's like big skyscrapers, but... Hardly any people. Right, and again, that's that's like you were saying, we don't have the barometer to, to, to say, oh my God, last time we were here in Seattle, it was packed, and all of right. a sudden now there's nobody here. We don't know. We don't know if that's normal or... If Somebody please, please enlighten us. If you've been to Seattle or you're a real Seattle person, we need we need to know. Uh, you can <laughs> reach us at rvpodcast.com. Please send us comments and tell us what Seattle's like normally. But the first place that we went to is, is it called Pike's Place Market. Yes. And because that's where everybody said to go. And I think it's like the tourist hub there. But it was really, it was pretty cool. That was cool. I enjoyed it. I I was surprised at the size of it. Um, I thought, I always thought, because in Charleston we have a market and it's one level and a bunch of vendors. And that's kind of what I had pictured. I didn't realize that that market was six stories of market space. Yeah, and they're all kind of like different levels. And it was quite a big area for sure. Um, trying to think what else I could compare it to. I can't really think of anything. No, I, I, I was like totally blown away that it was so big. Yeah. It actually got confusing after a while because the – Restaurants, I guess, are on the second level, and those were closed. All the restaurants were closed, so, you know, staircases going down to the restaurants were closed. So we, it was just kind of confusing because we had to detour to different places. But overall, it was really neat market. Oh, my God, fresh, fresh vegetables, fish. The flowers were unbelievable. They were so beautiful. Um, the in the flowers, not only were they beautiful, but they were like really inexpensive. Like a beautiful bouquet, of huge perfect bouquet. flowers for fifteen dollars. Yeah, that if you had that thing delivered, would be a hundred bucks. Oh my right? god, easy. Yes, yeah. And the colors, yep. I, it was it was pretty impressive. One thing we did notice was that there were a lot of empty spaces. So again, we don't know if it was COVID driven. We're we're looking at a book right now and the, the cover picture, the market is packed with people. So I'm yeah, assuming and, that that's what so it I normally think, looks like. I think like. a lot of vendors were missing and um like one of the vendors, the vegetable vendor, who was so knowledgeable and he told us all about all these different fruits and vegetables and one of my biggest regrets is that we didn't stop back by there. I wanted to get uh, some some produce from him because it just looked amazing. It was like all organic, like 
probably seven dollars for a tomato but it was like the most beautiful tomato you've ever seen um he gave me this little book that was the story of the people of pike place market and i just thought it was like really cool um it talks about um you know how the farm the market has survived um it says um, welcome to Park Pike Place Market. Unlike other farmers' markets in the United States, the market survived the past century thanks to a group of citizen advocates in the 1960s who fought for what they believed in for the future of our city. The market has weathered 112 years of war, depression, booms, and fads. The grit, gumption, and generosity of the community and its foundation in the Se is of the Seattle landmark. In addition to the flocks of tourists who drop in for experience, we serve locals who shop daily and weekly, consistently contributing to the economy and extending the market's reach. Today, the market boasts more than 500 businesses in nine-acre historic district and upwards of 15 million visitors a year. It's a place of discovery and adventure where you'll always find something unique. So I would des definitely say that... It was very empty when we were there and ha heavily affected by COVID. Yeah, absolutely. Because if that is what the history of it is, then, um, and it and it really sees uh, 15 million visitors a year, it was empty. The whole restaurant floor was completely shut yeah, down. Yeah, I said that before. And all of the, like, arcade, there was, like, the... Any, any big gathering area was closed down. They had a... Uh, um, Carousel. Carousel. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Carousel area, arcade area, that was all closed down. Um, it's it's just, it's affecting business, and it's sad. Yeah. Yep. So from Pike's Place Market, we went down to- Wait, let's talk about some of the things that we did do in Pike's Place. What did we do? We ate. <laughs> we ate. Well, wow. We always seem to manage to eat our way through a great town with great food, and Seattle is- definitely did not disappoint us it was very good we started with the world's best clam chowder clam chowder well i don't know it's just won like how many awards i had that it was it's actual. won all of them it was very delicious <laughs> it was very delicious not just like the coffee and elf that's like the world's best coffee like this was literally really very delicious clam it was chowder. really really good what was the name of the place do you have it written down no the clam place we didn't get we didn't get the name um and then right next to that was the Italian place. Oh, yes. What's the name of it? We didn't get the names. We were. They're all on my Facebook, and I will put the links in our show notes. Oh, okay. Because and I know that I have I have the names of them, um, but they're down this little alley, and um, it's you know everything was to go. They didn't really have in house seating, so I tried the clam chowder. Uh, George got this meatball sub that was. To die eat. for. Yeah. You could just like, basically, we just followed our nose. Like you could just smell the garlic cooking, and you know that really delicious garlic smell. So we're just like, where is that coming from? And ended up at this Italian little place, and we each we all we all had a bite of everything. So that was pretty cool. And we also got the a macaroni and cheese. Yes, that was good too. And I would highly suggest doing what we did. There was four of us. We all just grabbed a little something, like the, the meatball sub. They had a, a whole sub or a half a sub. And I said, let's just get a half so we can all taste it. We all tasted it. We had a, a small cup of the clam chowder. We tasted that. We had a small cup of the um, macaroni and cheese. We just tasted our way through Pike, yeah. <laughs> Pike Place Market. Yes, all the way to the apples, which I did not realize... Washington is known for apples and cherries. Um, and so we got these delicious caramel, <laughs> caramel sea oh, salt chocolate yeah. covered apples at the So candy Lisa store. says, let's get the apple. We'll eat it later in the RV. George says, that'll never happen. Guess who it was right? It, it made it home. Well, then she said, would oh you like God. me to slice it for <laughs> it you? And I was home. like, well, if you're going to slice it with a special slicer, of course we'll have it sliced. Yeah, I think the stick made it home. That apple was No, gone. we had each had a piece of it for dessert before, that night. Okay, if you Whatever. say so. Needless to say. It was delicious. Thank God we had done all of that walking. We actually did walk another 15,000 steps that day, touring the whole city. 
Um, but I still don't think that we watch enough to wear off all the calories that we ate. So, um, I think it was a wash. <laughs> maybe. Uh, while we were down there, we missed the gum wall, which is kind of a disappointment to us and the kids. They wanted to see it. But then we also felt like, eh, it'd be like a, whole, yeah. a host for COVID. COVID central. COVID central. So we just skipped the gum wall. But that's something that you want to see when you're in downtown uh, Seattle near Pike's Market is the gum wall is these walls that are just like literally covered with gum. Which they did clean off a couple of years ago and it is covered packed with gum again. Yeah, yeah, I saw that in a YouTube video. Yeah. So we missed that, um, but we did do the Ferris wheel, the big Ferris wheel, um, which is, it's like one of those glass kind of Ferris wheels. Uh, I think it was about $15 was a person. $15 per person, and uh, you get a, nice. Yeah, you get a view of like the whole whole Seattle city and the, the water. And one thing I had to say that really took me by surprise with Seattle is how beautiful the landscape is. The water is crystal blue and the mountains and you could see snow-capped mountains of Mount Olympia and Mount Rainier in the backdrop. And it was just incredibly beautiful. And clean. The water was really clean. I've been to so many cities, New York, San Francisco, San Diego, and every city... Usually their water right by the city is pretty dirty. It's just murky and and like the shipping area. Yeah, like the shipping area. And we were in San in uh, Seattle Bay, which is a shipping area, and the water was crystal clear. I mean, even my son Tyler was telling me how he kept saying, "Dad, look, you can see the pilings almost all the way down to the to the to the sand." And I I was very surprised. I, so I don't know if they're doing something. Um, to to keep the water so clean, but whatever they're doing, it, it's working. It's beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, I I mean, it just might just be because it's freezing cold, and the ecology is different than in different places that I it's warmer. Thought about that too. Yeah. Um, different things live in different places, but um, that was very very surprising to me. So after we did our Ferris wheel, we did quite a long walk down uh, the waterfront. Yeah, I think it was almost 10 blocks. Yeah, uh, to Olympic Statue Park. Yes, that was at the end of the, the walk. Which um, is and it, and like a bunch of very modern art. <laughs> art. I guess. There was like a silver tree and there was like some... Everything is open to interpretation. Exactly, I guess. Very modern art. Um, I imagine, again, not during COVID, that this would be like a place where a lot of people hang out. Uh, it overlooks the water, very beautiful views. You can see the mountain in the background. Um, you can see the Space Needle in the background. It's kind of sort of the end of the city. So you have just this really nice, nice view. We walked from there all the way up to the Space Needle. Yes. And, and that was uphill. Um, but again, a, a very walking-friendly city. I think you can walk to pretty much everything. Yeah, there was a lot of people jogging and getting outside and getting exercise. Very green. It seemed very green, like a very green type of a community. Yes. As a matter of fact, Lisa and I both uh, were talking about, <clears throat> excuse me, when we went to Barcelona, Barcelona is very um, user-friendly. Everything is they have bicycle lanes, they have motorcycle lanes. As a matter of fact, when you come to a, a red light in Barcelona, there's a specific area where you cars stop and they have a big space in front of the cars for all the bikes and mopeds and motorcycles to come up and get in front of the cars. Almost everybody drives mo- mopeds in, yeah, in was, Barcelona. The parking cool. is less, the you know, impact on um, they encourage motorcycles and bicycles and electric bikes. There was a million electric bikes in in Barcelona, so Seattle has bike lanes in, throughout the whole city, and I mean they are just dedicated to bikes, and they're marked very clear. They're all green, and kudos to Seattle for doing that because I think every city should do that. And then people will do it. 
Right. I mean, the reason we don't, we, it, th- that's one thing that disappoints me the most about Charleston, I think, is there really is nowhere to go ride your bike. You know, like when we're down at our resort in Hilton Head, I love getting, there's, you know, 65 miles of bike trails, I think, at least in Hilton Head. And you can ride your bicycle everywhere because there's like wide paved bicycle paths that you feel safe on. And I just think that, you know, so many, like, I love communities that are like that. I wish there was more of them. If there were more, people would use it. Yeah, I, and that's I totally where, that's agree. where, again, where we live is not forward thinking in that aspect. They keep building roads, they keep building communities, but they don't add bike paths or greenways. And I think part of it is some of the cities maybe like newer also as compared to like Charleston, we just physically don't have the space. I mean, everything is hundreds of years old there in cobblestone streets and stuff and very narrow um, for where the buildings are and things like that. We couldn't just add another lane. Barcelona is much older than Charleston. Yeah, that's true, I guess. But And they figured it out. Well, and it's a city. Uh, okay. You You're know, right. it, whatever. It, it. I think they should do it. <laughs> we need to do some research on bike paths. Okay. So let's go on. We did the Space Needle and walked up there. And I decided that I didn't want to buy tickets ahead of time because after experiencing Yellowstone and how, like, Hazy. Hazy it was because of the forest fires. I was like, I'm not going to Seattle paying to go up to the top of a sky needle, which is $35 a person and not be able to see anything. But the day that we were there, it was crystal blue skies. I mean, you could see the leaves on the trees from miles away. It was so clear, beautiful blue water, beautiful blue skies, green mountains, snow capped mountains, the city. And they were like, Super COVID um, prepared, I guess, if you want to call it that. Oh, yeah. Like, we got our tickets outside at the kiosk, and you go to the next holding. Like, they they basically tell you what times are available with your ticket. And it was very limited, the number of people that could go each time of day. So ours was, let's say, at 3 o'clock. And maybe there was, like, 10 people or something at 3 o'clock. And then you go to the next the station where you click your own ticket and then you go into this place and you go through this light that's supposed to sanitize. It looks like a metal detector, but you have to twirl around two times and it in like 20 seconds. Yeah. And the light kind of, it's supposed to kill viruses and bacteria that's on you, which I'm like, why don't they just put these in schools? Why don't they just put them everywhere right now? (laughs) Right. I mean, seriously, like if especially but especially schools where there's all these kids going in, if they, you know, just decovitize them all aside from them being and made sure they weren't sick and did testing, I think it would help. But OK, let's not get off on a COVID let's tangent. Let's not go there. Right. So we, well, did we, had, our to, we had to twirl. wear masks. You did your twirl in the light, which was cool. Get in the elevator. They tell you don't talk because we don't want to spread any spit or saliva. Even though you have your mask on, basically you rode up for, and there was like a little recording and it told you not to talk and then you get off and the restaurant was closed. Um, my friend Beth gave me great advice to, you know, just go to the restaurant, make a reservation for dinner because it's $35 just to go up to the top. You might as well just make a reservation for dinner because it's free and half your dinner is paid for anyways. Well, all the restaurants were closed, so we didn't get to do that, but I think that would be an excellent idea um if it wasn't because i did uh, take a picture of like the lounge and stuff and it circles around and just there's like not only can you see like the walls but there's like a glass floor too yeah the whole floor of the restaurant was glass that was Mm -hmm. pretty cool well there was no tables there so we could i know but i'm saying if you Mm -hmm. were having dinner you would be sitting on the glass yeah it was really really cool which for me who's afraid of heights um was Quite interesting, to say the <laughs> yeah, least. Yeah, was like a scaredy cat. So when you get to the top, Lisa didn't mention this, but when you get to the top, the viewing area is giant glass walls. Really thick, super sturdy, but it's glass. And it's slanted at an angle. So you can lean up against the glass, and you're kind of leaning over the tower. Ooh. Yeah, that was not good for George. It was beautiful. It, it was, was beautiful. Amazing. We had a beautiful, incredible view, but um, it was just not my thing looking down. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, 
It's so weird. Yeah. So you could see all the way around um, amazing views uh, from the Sky Needle. And then we, um, since the restaurant was closed, the little cafe is open and they served just like beer, wine, soft drinks, and I think hot dogs. Hot dogs, pretzels. They had quite a few things. I well, think they even I had saw nachos. Some, I saw some people eating a Seattle dog, which um, they said was fabulous. If you don't know what a Seattle dog is, we d- unfortunately did not have the opportunity to eat one because we were <laughs> at already eating our way through um, yeah. the market. But a Seattle dog is a hot dog that has cream cheese on it. Wow. Seriously? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hot dog with cream cheese. Mm. And they put uh, jalapenos and stuff on there, too. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. So they said it was really good and um, kind of spicy. So apparently, if you would like a hot dog while you're up there, um, save have a lunch there. And if you do order food or drink, then they have a designated area with tables. Did you say that? Yeah, it was a very small area that was like suctioned off. Only two people could sit at a time. Um, per table. You had to be seated when you were eating. And that was the only time you were allowed to take your mask off in the whole entire time. Yeah. But it was really nice. It was a great view from that. Well, yeah. From anywhere up there. Yeah. There were some families just having lunch there or whatever. And um, so the observation deck is at the very top, obviously. And then you come down one set of stairs and that's where the restaurant would have been had it been open. So we went down there and we walked around the restaurant area and took pictures laying on the clear glass floor um that was pretty cool and then we uh exited the area yeah well uh, right outside of there is that glass museum um and so we just could kind of see from the outside of that we didn't have time to do that whole tour but that also looks like it would be a really interesting um and um beautiful place to visit also fun fact that i found out about the space needle is six people have jumped with parachutes off of the needle. Four were permitted for a uh, marketing... Um, stunt. Yeah, real big stunt. So four people jumped for marketing, and then two just jumped on their own when the whole uh, base jumping thing was really kicking off. I thought that was pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't get me. Near. I don't even know how they got outside. <laughs> I know you got to climb that big giant glass, and then then you have that little weird ledge that they have. I but don't know. I guess when you want to do it, you want to do it. <laughs> I guess so. Um, so after that, we decided uh, we had a good long day downtown. Spent about six or seven hours there between the market and the Space Needle. So we got back into the Jeep and uh, decided to take a little bit of a tour. Uh, We actually headed south um, away from our RV place, but um, to West Seattle area and had dinner uh, with amazing views. One of the top 100 views actually um, uh, in the in the country for open table um, is this place called Salty's Restaurant and What's the name of the beach that it's on, George? It is called Elki. A-L-K-I. Elki Beach. And it's it's uh is that it's like on the Puget Sound, right? Yes. And the sun sets uh over there. And so sitting outside at Salty's, you have the view of across the harbor, Seattle. So you can see the downtown city and the Space Needle and sit outside and beautiful view. Again, the water's there. You can hear the sea lions. Um, it was just a great, a great place to, to, to end the day um, with an amazing view. I would say expensive wise, it's on the higher end of expensive. Um, again, with COVID, very low capacity. We got a table th- um, through open table. We booked a reservation Pretty much no problem, but we were there at like five thirty, yeah, and that was a Thursday. So yeah. um, the the restaurant was huge, huge. I imagine it was normally a very very busy restaurant. I had the salmon; it was fabulous. And I'm not even a salmon eater to be honest, but when in Rome, you know you have to have to eat what you the locals try, try, yeah. try what. 
And I mean, there has not been a salmon that I've had when I was in Washington that wasn't fabulous because the fresh, the fish is so fresh, and um, that's what that's what. Yeah, all the fish we had, the crab was super. Everything is fresh. I mean, you literally see the boats coming in with the with the fish or the crab or whatever it is, and that was yeah. So that was a fabulous dinner. Craziest thing, um, the best thing. The kids, we had to get in a second basket. They have this grilled sourdough oh. bread with um, just this garlic butter. And it sounds so plain and simple. And aioli, it was, right? No, uh, it was garlic butter. Oh. And the, it, no, it, it had the, the green stuff was, it had like a little bit of a um, uh, chimichurri. chimichurri on it. That's almost. what I meant. Yeah. And then the bread was like char, like grilled, Perfectly. crispy and soft and delicious. And we ate two whole baskets of it between the four of us. I think the kids said they would come back only to eat that. So yeah, to eat the bread. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we tried out the oysters here, which were very good um, compared to Charleston, which are the smaller, more briny kind of salty oysters. These were about a medium-sized oyster, but they were more meaty and um, a little bit sweeter than what we normally get in Charleston. And they were served with a raspberry minier sauce instead of like a a regular shallot yeah, it was yeah. but it was very very good oh, really good they were incredible yeah um and so after that if you can be there for sunset i would highly recommend that for sunset we were there a little bit before sunset but I, I think sunset would be perfect at the beach right so we just kept on driving a little bit further around um that peninsula and we came along Elkie. Elkie? Is that what well, it's called? A, it, the way they pronounce it is A-E-L-K-I. I-E-L-K-I. 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 <laughs> I don't know. But Someone hold on. To... Uh, it's a Chinook word meaning by and by, which is the unofficial state motto of Washington. Ba-dum-psh. Oh, well, isn't that interesting? Now we know. But that little town was awesome. I I think next time we're in Seattle, I definitely would love to spend the day there. Yeah. Bunch of restaurants and bars right on the beach, right across the street from the beach, and the sun sets on that beach. Yeah, and then the mountains in the background and the water. It was just really pretty. I mean, when we were leaving... There was like a herd of people just heading toward the beach because it's got to be the most beautiful sunset. Yeah. And I don't know why we didn't think to just stay and watch the sunset. I guess we just wanted to get Well, back. by that time, we were about an hour and a half away. Uh, about yeah, an we hour were and pretty a half far away, and we were all exhausted. Away from our, our campground. We had kind of gone the opposite direction and take the scenic route. We did do I, – I, I couldn't help. You know, the realtor in me had to look up some uh, houses in the area – so for about eight hundred thousand, you can get about a seventeen hundred square foot house. Um, Sweet. Uh, they started, I want to say, like around six hundred for a one bedroom, uh, and up to over a million. So, I guess, like in the grand scheme of things, being like literally like twenty five minutes to downtown Seattle with the view of the ocean and the beach and the mountains. I was gonna say, try to find pretty that pretty reasonable in San price. Yeah, I yeah. wonder what their tax rates are here. Because uh, I'm sure those would be way more expensive in California than they are up here in Seattle. Um, of course, we were in Washington in like the most beautiful weather. That uh, George was talking to the Uber driver the first night when we went to dinner. And he was like, every year I say I'm going to leave Seattle because of the rain and the cold and the dreary. And then summer hits. And Yeah, we're, we're very here. fortunate we were there at the perfect time. The weather cooperated. It was clear. It was beautiful. And we were, we were like, oh, my God, we love this city. And when we talked to that Uber driver, he was like, yeah, come back in the winter and then talk to me. Yeah, yeah. So uh, what, we were here the last, it was like the last week in August. And the temperatures were in the 70s, mid-70s in the day and 50s at night, which felt really good to me to put on a sweatshirt and you know, some long pants and a little jacket and, and, and be cooled off because it was 100 degrees back in Charleston at home when we were there. 
it's funny because we did look like the tourists. We had the hoodies and we were bundled up and we're looking around and there's people walking around in shorts. <laughs> shorts and, and tanked and up. Tank and I'm tops. like, they're clearly locals. This is their hot weather season. Yeah. And we're freezing to death over here. Oh, my blood is thin from my Michigan days. That's for sure. 25 years in South Carolina. Oh, yeah. So that was our first fabulous day and I, with, uh, with Tyler and Bailey. And I tell you, we... We really covered a ton of ground. We we really saw a lot of things in a short period of time. And if you're planning a trip here, I would definitely give yourself more time, especially if it's not COVID time, um, because then you would be able to, you know, just kind of re- take a step back and relax a little bit more and enjoy some things um, a little bit more in depth. Yes, than absolutely. And I, I would also agree with that. Give yourself more time, because one of the things that we kind of, looked back and we were like oh man i wish we had more time because we were looking at these beautiful mountains mount rainier mount olympia and we were like dang if we had more time we would have loved to have gone over there and seen them up close because they were just so inviting they're they're these beautiful mountains is hot and there's still snow on the peaks and I, yeah i don't think the snow ever leaves obviously if it's still there no. in august but I would love to um, explore the uh, Olympia Peninsula in that Washington area too. Seemed like a bunch of beautiful places, and um, we just kind of started heading south to Oregon before we really had an opportunity to sort of escape over into that area. So I think there's a lot more things that you could do in Washington State. Oh, we haven't even talked about Friday. So that was just on Thursday. All of the things we talked about. Yeah. On Friday morning, we got up and we went into Edmonds. And we did our whale watching tour, which was kind of one of the highlights of our trip so far for me too. Yes, and that that was awesome. We used uh, Puget Sound Express. Um, it was one hundred thirty-five dollars for adult. Adult, mm-hmm. and if you have a child between the ages of two and ten, it's eighty-five dollars. And it it's a four to five hour trip to go whale watching, and. Yeah, they have a couple different um, ports that you can go out of, Port Townsend or Edmonds. And they may have another one. I just... I, I think they have three, yeah. List. Yeah, I tell you what, the Puget Sound Express, it was great because of COVID again. They had low occupancy. And it was so comfortable. Like George said, it was five or six hour trip. And I've been on boat trips before where you go out and you're like kind of like... And these metal seats and it's yeah, not really that comfortable. And this was like a luxury boat. I mean, it went 35 to 40 miles an hour. Uh, we sat on the inside. We ordered the blueberry buckle, which I highly recommend. It's just like a coffee cake. And then you buy your coffee cup and you get to keep it as a souvenir. It's unlimited coffee all day or hot chocolate. And um, you sit inside and you can see... I mean, oh, the the ride out there when we first got there in the morning, the fog was still there. So it was like hazy. And then like as we got in closer to this, what, San Juan Islands? Yeah. It, this, the, the haze, fog lifted. The fog and lifted. And it was just and beautiful. It was just incredible. Just beautiful. Yeah. Uh, the, the boat, I think the ride, the boat ride alone, alone yes. was worth it. Yeah, that's so like, funny. We just said it's funny thing. because we... Like, I was super excited to see the whales. I had never seen real whales in real life. And I'm going to be brutally honest. Well, besides, like, SeaWorld. Right. Besides SeaWorld. And that's just like, you know, that's like going to see a, see a you know, a bear in the cage. It's not, right, the, it's same, not the same. You know, or a bison in the, in the zoo. But, like, seeing them in their natural habitat was really cool. So, like, in Charleston, we have the dolphins, you know, right? So, everywhere we go in the boat... It's, it's, you just see so many dolphins. It's just like a very, very common incident, right? Um, but tourists are always like, oh my God, dolphin watching. This is so amazing. And like, we would take people on the boat when we had the boat and, and we'd be like, there's the dolphins. And Cue the dolphins. Yeah. And they would be like, that's so cool. So it's kind of like that here, but with whales. And so I guess in my mind, I kind of, what are the name? What are the kind of whales that we saw? Killer whales. Oh, we saw Orca. killer whales. I kind of was picturing, like, I wanted to see the 40-foot whale. Like, I wanted to see... The humpback whale. This yeah. gigantic, like, 
the hugest whale I've ever seen, like the hugest fish I'd ever seen. And I, we didn't get to see those. Um, but, but I'm not disappointed at all in our trip. I mean, it was amazing. Like, no, what, what I, we did I, see and how beautiful it was. But in my mind, I was like, I'm going to see like, you know, gigantic whales. I totally agree with you. And I will say that even had we not seen any whales, even the boat ride and seeing the San Juan Islands and all the islands out there, I think that was like a really cool, beautiful trip. The whales were like a bonus. Yes, The definitely. one thing I will say, though, is it kind of missed my expectations of whale watching. When I think of whale watching, I'm thinking right next to the boat, like you can see the full whale. We were a good two, three hundred yards away from the whales. Every picture that we took, we had to zoom in and it was very blurry. Yes, this is good advice. I would either bring binoculars or um, one of those cameras with a really long lens. Telephoto. Telephoto yeah. lens because... That's really the only way you could get yeah, if, excellent if like, you, if, up close pictures. If you want great pictures, you need to do that. If you're there to just see them swimming in their habitat, then you can see it and be happy. But they were way further away than I thought they were going to be. Yeah. It's like when we saw a bunch of sea lions, um, too, that we, we drove by. And I've seen sea lions and I've seen um, uh, what are the other the big uh the big ones that uh are endangered that swim in the florida waters all the time oh manatees 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 and sea lions are all giant fish too so they kind of like from so far away looked about the same size as that they didn't look like a 40 foot fish they, or they something. were just too far away so yeah i was telling lisa earlier today when we were discussing our podcast and what we were going to talk about in charleston we have dolphin everywhere Everywhere. When we had our, like Lisa said, when we had our boat, we could just go out on the boat and show our friends dolphins everywhere. But it would be like us taking our, our boat out and saying to our friends, oh, look, the dolphin's way out there. You see him 200 yards away. Isn't that awesome? It's like maybe yeah, we're spoiled. Well, like I've been like literally water skiing in the water before and the dolphin was like 20 feet away from me. Uh, I, you know, like remember we got the video from our boat when when the dolphins were swimming on our wake. Yes, I mean, yeah, a whole pod of dolphins on our wake. I, I thought we were going to get lucky that one time when when, when it was swimming toward us. It was swimming toward us, and then the whales like went under or something. Yeah. So, okay. not so not to dwell on that. I guess we've that. managed everyone's expectations about what they're going to see as yeah, far as whale not, watching not is to dwell concerned. On that. It was totally worth it. The crew of. Um, the Pugin Sound Express was fantastic. Yeah, they're they were, all naturalists. They yeah, super knowledgeable. Wealth of information. The the main guy that was giving us our play by play was a wildlife photographer, and he actually had the biggest telephoto zoom lens I've ever yeah. seen in my you life. Yeah, could, you could buy the photos from him if you wanted to. Right. So that we, was really cool. We didn't get. He didn't really get that many great pictures that day just just because of where they were there was a lot of like boats there and they um they just weren't like popping jumping out of the water so much i guess whatever like flipping out like yeah. wh like shim shimu like i was just kind of like hoping for one of those moments i know but it, it, again i don't want it to sound like it was a letdown because it was really really cool really interesting but whenever you see an ad for a whale watching trip what do they show you? The whale jumping out of the water. Right. The whale doing this big backflip and splashing and a big on giant the water. Tail, yeah. There was none of that. All we saw was one time you got one. Well, he did the what they call the the buoy or the peak. He he just lifted it a little his head out of the water to peek around to see what was going on. So you can see all the white under and belly. I did manage to get a picture of that, but it was so blurry because it was so far away. Yeah. But. So again, I guess in our heads we had this expectation of seeing this big splash and the whales and all this and really, mm, no. Oh, but I will say one thing that I'm definitely sold on now is I want to do an Alaskan cruise. I, I mean, that whole area, 
literally, it was worth it just to be on a boat ride. It was just worth it to be on the boat ride. It was so beautiful. If I would have never known I was going to see a whale, I would have still paid the $135 for that five-hour boat ride. That's what I was saying before. Um, And it was cold. It was cold. We definitely, um, we brought our backpack. We brought layers. We had jackets and probably could have used some hats. But even though it was crystal blue sunny out, uh, that wind and that boat flew. It was a big boat. Um, Very comfortable. Brand new. It looked like it was a brand new boat. Yeah, like very comfortable. Um, You order your sandwiches ahead of time. Got ham and turkey sandwiches. The the food was really good. Yeah. It was just a very comfortable, comfortable trip. And... You know, we were talking about the naturalists and stuff, and you know, we had Tyler and Bailey with us. And I really think about it when we talk about all the things that we did, how much those kids actually learned without knowing that they were learning. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, and they were soaking it all in and just experiencing it and 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 getting those, you know, lifetime opportunities that um, I wish we could have had the other kids with us. We've got one who she won't travel at all. And just it makes me crazy to just to say gosh you're missing out on i know so many opportunities and i think like traveling like that with the kids is so great um it's like they say it's memory you're building memories that they'll talk about forever yeah and it's it's just like i said it's like learning hands-on and seeing that the world is a bigger place than just our small community where we live or you know the town of mount pleasant even you know like there's a whole new world different world out here and different climates and different landscape and different people and different cultures and food like Tyler searching for sweet tea that they just don't have in the north you know? yeah, like yeah. different things I mean it, it, they're all life learning experiences that just I think is so important to to do with our kids and 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 to just talk to them and I'm just thrilled that we have teenagers that actually want to spend time and hang out with us I think that's a big parenting uh yeah, we were talking to Pat on the back right there whenever they one actually want to hang out. One of our teenagers today, and she was like, oh, my God, I wish I was there with you guys. And it looks so awesome. And, you know, they, it, it's just, it is nice to to be the cool parents, I guess. So. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not the cool parents because we just let our kids do whatever they want at, at no, all. because we do cool stuff, and they love to hang out with us. Yeah, yeah. Which is and, so and, nice. And I think because we respect them and their opinions as well and we listen we're good listeners um and we try to understand you know their their points of view on things um and we do cool stuff and we do cool stuff all right so there's our parenting pat on the back for the day yes as we sit in our rv with them on the other side of the country right now staying with our friend genie <laughs> shout out to our friend Jeannie who's just moved here from California staying at the house with the kids two of them are in quarantine and have COVID so she's just bringing them food upstairs and Tyler and her are downstairs getting ready for him to start school on Tuesday yes thank you Jeannie yeah. <laughs> you're famous now you're on our podcast <laughs> yeah uh, what else so I think that's pretty much our trip to Se- Seattle what did we do when we came home um, from that whale watching trip? Oh, we had that fabulous Thai food that was actually ended up being takeout. It was ninety degree. Um, oh yeah, yeah. We had to go pick it up, and we ate uh, in the RV, and it was kind of our last dinner with the kids. And yeah, the next morning, Lisa drove them to the airport, and um, it was about a thirty minute drive to the airport. Um, and so I'm also on this Where'd You Stay RV group. Um, and I really, really like it. If you're an RV traveler and um, you're on Facebook, it's called Where'd You Stay, W-E-R-E, apostrophe D, You Stay. And you have to get accepted into the group. They ask you some questions. Very non-judgmental, but it's great, great group because it gives you reviews and advice about places to stay all around um all around the country. And, uh, one of the people that had commented when I did my, uh, review of, of the park that we stayed in said that they had rented a car cause they don't have a tow vehicle, um, very, very easily. And that's how they got to explore, um, the Washington area. So, you know, good note for anybody who is doing a cross country travel or, um, staying in the area and you don't have a tow vehicle. Um, 
that's just another good option and opportunity to get around and easy. There's so many great websites out there for RV traveling or just travel in, in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll put the links to all of your homework. The, yeah. 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 We'll put the links to all of the places that we went on our trip to Washington so that you can find it easily. And um, if you do go there, please let them know that you listened to our, our podcast and sent them there. As we grow our podcast, we're trying to get more oh, opportunities for uh, sponsorship and, you know, maybe some maybe someday we'll be able to travel for free. As a matter of fact, I was just filling out a thing for our podcast about um, Buffy comforters, which is my favorite comforter that like all of my kids have and I'm addicted to. And I was like, oh, my gosh, they have like a um, ambassador program where you can like promote their comforters. Yeah, but that comforter is badass. I know. We I, yanked it off of our bed at home and brought it on the RV with us. I, know, nice I, can, I know I couldn't go that long without it, but I don't want to say too much about them in case they don't accept our affiliate ship. <laughs> oh, I'll say they're awesome. Yeah, they are. Either awesome. way. It really is. I truly love my Buffy comforter. If you are especially like one of those kind of people that can't sleep when it's hot, but need to be snuggled up in blankets, the Buffy comforter is the way to All go. Right, that's enough of a plug. Sorry. Sorry, Buffy. Okay, um, our next stop is Oregon, and we are going to be... We're going to go on the dunes. We're going to be on the west coast of Oregon. Yes, Um, and we're going to try our first Harvest uh, harvest Host. host. So stay tuned and listen for our next podcast and see how that goes. We're super excited, actually. I'm, I'm very excited to try it. Yeah, so we've got some things planned, and if you listen to this podcast and you have some ideas for us, please send us a message through rviewpodcast.com. That's rviewpodcast.com. And um, we are heading after Oregon. We are going to see to, to um, see Redwood Forest for five days over Labor Day weekend. If you have any, I think it's Crescent City is where we're staying. And if you have any advice um, on things to see in that area, we would love advice there. Then we're heading to Lake Tahoe area. Um, I think we're actually staying in Carson City there. And um, so we'll be able to see Lake Taco, Lake Taco, Lake <laughs> Tahoe. Um, after Lake Tahoe, then we are heading south to the Sequoia National Park area. Um, praying that the forest fires are not uh, affecting that going to detour us from that. There are some there. It seems like to be hazy, but it's a couple of weeks away. And then we are going to be in the Flagstaff, Arizona area and seeing uh George's wait brother. Minute, wait a minute. We got Reno and oh, Vegas. Vegas. Reno. There. I already said Reno. That's Lake Tahoe oh, is Reno. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I forgot. We did get into Vegas. Into Vegas. There'll we, be no podcast from Vegas because uh, we'll, I'll be working. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's George's work, playing poker. No, um, we debated whether or not to go to Las Vegas because we love Las Vegas. It's our place. It's where, where we met. Where we met. Um, we've always loved it. We've always loved gambling and... We've heard a lot of mixed reviews about how it is with COVID right now, but there is a luxury RV resort in Vegas that we have been dying to go to. We've always looked at it, and uh, I just got the email today that we were accepted in there um, in our reservation, so we'll be there for Monday through Friday. Um, Sweet. (laughs) That's in a few weeks from now. I cannot wait. Um, As always, I'm working from the road, so uh, please don't hesitate to send me in more listings because I've sold all mine while I've been on the road. You've sold four houses. We've been super busy. Yeah, it's great. And shout out to my team back in Charleston uh, and my virtual assistant in the Philippines. Uh, Without all of their help, there's no way all of this would be possible. I know. Somebody's got to fund this expedition. All right. Go view properties. If you're ever, hey, and since we have our name on our RV, and if you're thinking about moving to the Charleston area or Hilton Head Island, I um, have some luxury motor coach uh, resort lots for sale there that I would love to uh, get off my hands before Labor Day weekend. And you can be our neighbor. Yay. We love that place. Yes. All right. Well, thanks, friends. It was great to talk to you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. And if you have any questions, comments, or advice, please reach out to us at rviewpodcast.com. That's R-V-I-E-W podcast.com. And uh, you can go down to the bottom and click comments 
or send us a message. Have a great one. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us today on Our View Podcast. If you would like to hear more, don't forget to hit that subscribe and follow button and share this with your family and friends. You can send a direct message. Just visit www.rviewpodcast.com or follow us on Instagram at rviewpodcast. That's the letter R, View Podcast.